The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented by DraftKings. What a week, by the way, for DraftKings. You can go on the regular DraftKings app, not DraftKings Sportsbook app, and play in that free-to-enter draft pool where you can win up to $50,000. Steve Fezzik and I actually went over the questions last week on the Even Money podcast, so make sure you check that out. Just use the code ROSS when you get the DraftKings app on your phone. Not DraftKings Sportsbook app, DraftKings app. Monster Monday means new week. Yes, it is NFL Draft Week 2021. Get fired up, which is why... I have the best guest in mock draft land today in the draft world, in the NFL world, Ben Standig, who does an awesome job writing for The Athletic. He's got a terrific podcast. We'll get into all that stuff with Ben. But most importantly, for our purposes today, Ben is the single best mock drafter out there over the last decade. Look it up. There's all kinds of people that rank these things. There's all kinds of different methodologies for how they grade these guys. Ben's about, he's won it twice. He's been the overall number one twice in the last nine years. He's like the Steve Fezzik, who's the only two-time winner of the Westgate, the Super Contest on the Even Money podcast. That's what Ben is to mock drafts. He also has a podcast, Standing Room Only, which means he's witty, get it, last name standing, standing room only, covers the Washington football team as well. So really looking forward to talking with Ben momentarily and going over his 2021 mock draft. I should tell you, new week means what? It means new winners. It means, number one, a new spread the word winner via social media. Please go ahead, follow us on whatever platform you're on. I don't care, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, just follow us at Ross Tucker NFL. And then any likes or retweets or replies or quote tweets or loves or anything, it it all makes you eligible to be the spread the word winner. I love giving out these press passes. I still have some awesome ones. Sign pictures, sign cards, take advantage of DraftKings this week or 100 Flowers to be the sponsor confirmation email winner. 
I get I did a couple of the YouTube shout outs yesterday. One with my daughter. If you guys want to check that out, all you have to do is subscribe. It's free. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And then go ahead and comment and you're eligible to win that. But I know why you're here. You want to know about Ben's mock draft. Guess what? So do I. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right. So I kind of already introduced him. Ben Standig works for the Athletic, the greatest mock drafter in the history of the world. And I know, you know, Ben, um, I think you've been on the Fantasy Feast several years ago, but it's been a while now. I, I guess the first question is, like, you really are really into mock drafting. And I'm sure there's somebody else out there that can claim they're the best. I'm claiming you're the best, being the two-time winner over the last nine years. But when did you start getting into this and why did you get into it? Like what, 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 at what point did you say, I want to be a good mock drafter? <laughs> well, Ross, I appreciate the accolades and thanks for having me. Um, honestly, like ever since I was a kid, like I've always viewed like everybody else, you view football from, from you watch the game, the X's and O's, you know, you try to figure out what's happening. But I think I've always sort of gravitated towards the player personnel side. Even when I was a kid, I remember pre-internet, I'm that old that, you know, I would come up with my own lists of just what I thought would happen 1 to 32. I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad I don't have those lists anymore because I'm pretty sure they've made no sense. But I've always disliked, uh, like, doing that. And when the opportunity came several years ago, started blogging. I had a career switch at some point. And when I started to get into the writing side and, and, and reporter side, the opportunity to, to start actually doing mock drafts came up. And I really had already spent a lot of time doing it. And I just kind of kept going forward. And it's gone from sort of a little bit of a hobby too. Now here I am on the Ross Tucker podcast talking about it. Yeah, it's awesome. And look, I've read a bunch of articles about it. You really are like the number one rated guy over the, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want people to think I'm blowing smoke. I tweeted it last night at Ross Tucker NFL, but you're the only person that's won it twice other than Rick Goslin, who's like an absolute legend, right? Right. So I, I guess the question is how do the rankings work you know, I I believe you told me one time you get like a point for everyone you get right, but if you get the right pick and the right team, I'll let you explain. Yeah, so basically there's lots of different uh, sites, outlets who sort of track these things, but the one that's considered to be the, go- the go-to is the huddle report. Um, and I believe, I believe their basic scoring is, yeah, if you get a player in the first round, regardless of where, it's one point. If you match the player to the team, it's another point, I want to say. It's as simple as that, except obviously these things are not that simple. And look, the, the mock draft thing is a very odd party trick, to say the least. <laughs> uh, uh, it doesn't help you in the, uh, 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 at the bar scene as much as you might think, though. I will, I will warn you, kids. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is as simple as that. I mean, the thing that's so so weird about it is, of course, you get one pick wrong, and all of a sudden that could be the end of your your, your mock draft, right? If, if you're thinking – you know, Mac Jones goes three to the 49ers, then all of a sudden San Fran ends up taking Trey Lance. Well, now you've got a whole, it's going to cascade all the way down and and, and make some things go wrong. So it, it, it's a weird thing. It's it, it's not the way that, um, it, it's not a great way to be, to, to, to try to put all your efforts in because it's 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 guesses, but the point is to try to guess as, be, as, as educated guesses. And now that I'm actually covering uh, an NFL team for several years, that's led to some other opportunities in terms of talking to people around the league, which, to be honest, is simultaneously messes with my brain. The first year I won this, I had negative contacts in the league. I was just starting off in this. Now that I have more, 
I have multiple people telling me, oh, I think this player is going to go six. No, no, no. Actually, I've heard this. And now I have to really decipher what's what's real, what's not real from this information. That is interesting that the first year you won it, you had really no contacts like that. Okay, so why do you think you have been so successful? Why are you so good at this? What's sort of the secret to your success? Yeah, so I, I guess what the, as ba- I, I have thought about this to various degrees, and I guess the one thing I think that maybe separates me from other people is I'm not trying to tell you what I think. Like, I'm not breaking down tape of Kyle Pitts or Penny Sewell or Mac Jones or anybody to say, boy, based on my opinion, this player should be here. I mean, my opinion in this case is not that relevant. I mean, I have I watched college football. I have looked at some of the, the tape of these players, particularly for players involved with Washington at 19 or in the second round. But I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to use basic logic. I'm looking at it from the team perspective. What do I think the team needs? To do, And while we only essentially get graded on the first round, I tend to do two, sometimes maybe even I'll go into a third, not because I'm trying to play out a game that nobody else is, is, is watching, but I'm trying to figure out where in the board do situate, where, where do strengths and weaknesses happen? So for example, the Cincinnati Bengals, right? It's a very interesting decision they have. Do they go with the offensive tackle and Penny Sewell to block for Joe Burrow? Do they take the playmaking wide receiver, Jamar Chase, who obviously has a connection with Burrow from their time in college, or possibly even take a Kyle Pitts if he were to, to be there? It isn't just enough, though, to make that choice. What's there in the next round? Now, in this case, the offensive linemen and the wide receivers look to be pretty stocked early in round two, but it's not the case for all the positions. And sometimes you have to make the call, if, if I think this, if, I, if these two are the positions I'm looking at, What's later down the line and how do I think the team's going to think and react? And then you do have to also look at the team itself. Obviously, team needs, very important, without question. Um, And just try as best you can to get into the team mindset. General managers change all the time, so you can't just always rely on that. But at the same time, you look at all the information you can. And like I said, I try to keep my own ego out of it and just focus on team, what they're looking at, and the overall board, even just beyond those first uh, first-round picks. So I have to imagine at this point, Ben, the the story about you has kind of gotten out. So I got to think some teams come to you to get a sense of, you know, they want to have a pretty good idea, as good of an idea as possible, of what these other teams might do. You now being, you know, a proven commodity over a decade, I, I would imagine at this point you've got teams reaching out to you to try to get, a sense from you on what you think might happen. Um, I, I will say, I, w- I won't say it's like a, an everyday occurrence or anything, but I will say the first couple times it happened where, where somebody texted me, it's not going the other way. It's like, well, you're asking me out on a date? What's going on here? This is bizarre. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 at least it's to the point where the communication goes b- both ways. It isn't just they're thinking I'm trying to pry information out of them, which I am, but at the same time, it is it is it is a bit of a more a two way street. What are you hearing on this? Or more, or more specifically, what do you think about this? I mean, the, the 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 hearing part doesn't necessarily make me any more unique than lots of other people around the NFL who are gathering information. But in terms of my own vision, and this is going to sound really ridiculous, I guess, but you know, and it was the movie, the uh, A Beautiful Mind, the Russell Crowe movie. And the way it depicted how he sees the how he is able to see the mathematical equations and break codes, things like that, is like the 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 numbers would just sort of like pop out of the screen. To him, that has sort of been the way it's been for me 
over the years. There was a case a few years ago where there was a player that the Chargers took in the first round that I literally had mocked to them the entire for like 20. I did 20 versions of a mock draft that year that went that were for the site I was working on. Every one I had this player there and he went there. I didn't talk to anybody at the team. Just in my head, it made it made sense. So I guess to that end, I don't know if people think that, but they're coming to me. And I guess right to your point. I've done I've done I've done some decent work over the last few years, so um, it, it has been a little more of a two way street the last few years for sure. All right, so we'll dive into it. Uh, Jags one, Trevor Lawrence, Jets two, Zach Wilson. No discussion there. You got the Niners taking Mac Jones at three. That obviously is a big one. I tend to agree with you, but that could be a big that that's like a swing state for you. <laughs> um, yeah. But the the big swing you took which is a heck of a one, Ben, is you've got the Broncos trading up from nine to four to take Trey Lance. I do. And so to be clear, if you're you're watching this, that there will be the contest is is, uh, the the final deadline for the contest is Wednesday night. So I will tweak this mock draft. I'm going to guess roughly 74 times between now now and then. But I don't really like doing trades in my mock drafts. It's not some sort of Puritan thing. It's just I'm already having to – do enough educated guesses. Now I'm now I'm throwing in a trade, which you know who knows. But this year is, I think, particularly unique, right? You've got all these quarterbacks that you know teams. You know, Atlanta doesn't necessarily need one. The Bengals don't necessarily need one. The Lions and so on. And how does that work? Are they just going to fall down the board? That's not how typically things work with quarterbacks. If people like them, so you've got to figure out how that's going to work. And you could, I could just do the mock where, you know, like in this case, Trey Lance just falls to nine. Right, but now the board is going to be messed up to a degree based on how everything else is, is now falling. Right, so I try to figure out, okay, how do I think this is going to go? And so, in the case of Atlanta, what a fascinating decision! Right, you can take the best player available, which is Kyle Pitts. I don't think anybody would argue that. And if the, if Atlanta really wants to make a move this year with Matt Ryan still under center, that would be a great way to go give him some more help. They could take the quarterback of the future. They don't want to ever be picking top five again, at least not for for the foreseeable future. Take the quarterback of the future with a new GM and a new coach. You have time to wait on their – time's on their side, so they can be patient to a degree. But now you're not helping the current team. Or trade down. Atlanta's a team that could use more picks. They're up against it in terms of a salary cap. And, yes, you would miss out on, say, a Kyle Pitts. But if you trade down – Tonight, you could get a Patrick Sertain, arguably the best cornerback in this draft out of Alabama. Uh, you could take an offensive lineman if you want. Uh, you could even take another offensive playmaker if you want. So I think it just makes a lot of sense. And for Denver, look, obviously Drew Locke is interesting, but not interesting enough to just say we don't need a quarterback. And between Trey Lance, who I think would be my guess would be the, the pick for Denver, or Justin Fields, I, I think it just makes too much sense for Denver to jump ahead. Don't let New England get in there or somebody like that. Make the move yourselves. You don't have to go that far to secure the quarterback you want. Bengals at five, taking Kyle Pitts. I can see that. Six, the Dolphins, Jamar Chase from LSU. I would absolutely think that's what they would do. Seven, the Lions, Penny Sewell, I think, is interesting. uh, Whether or not they'd move him to right or Taylor Decker to right. But then at eight, you've got the Carolina Panthers taking Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields, which I think is another one that would be really interesting given the trade they just made for Sam Darnold. 100%. The logic part of my brain absolutely does not like this pick because it does. if you just make this trade for Sam Darnold, like I get it. They didn't give up three number ones or anything, but you gave up you know, a second-round pick is not nothing. 
And look, you don't want to cause controversy when you just brought in a new quarterback. You want Sam Darnold, I would imagine, to be as comfortable as possible. You just traded for him. So why would you go crazy here and add another quarterback? Well, a couple things, I guess. One, so I've been told my sense is that cornerback, offensive tackle, or things that the Panthers are looking at, but they, like they've said out loud, <laughs> quarterback is still something they would consider. Now, I already told you I already made a trade. I have in my on my spreadsheet right now, I have sort of two two running mock drafts. One is the one that I sent to you. The other one is I kept Atlanta at four taking Kyle Pitts, but then I had New England trade from 15 to seven to take Justin Fields. That's another way to go. I just didn't want to have a mock draft with 18 trades in it because then it just starts getting out of hand. Um, but if it's if I didn't do that, then where is Justin Fields going? Is he sliding all the way to, to the New England at 15? I could do that, but I, I just don't think that makes total sense. I do think Justin Fields is fifth of the quarterbacks, but he's going to go somewhere. And while Carolina at eight, like I said, it doesn't make natural sense to how I would look to build a team. They keep suggesting that they would take a quarterback or would or at least consider one. So either I would imagine Carolina would take him or they trade out. And this is where a team like New England maybe moves in to get him. So with the Falcons trading down to nine, they take Patrick Sertan the second. Then you've got the Cowboys at 10 taking J.C. Horn, the corner from South Carolina. The Giants at 11, Micah Parsons is the linebacker from Penn State. What's interesting there is I saw Peter King's mock draft this morning. He had that as well. Micah Parsons to the Giants at 11. 12, I think a lot of Eagles fans would be happy if they got Jalen Waddell, the wide receiver from Alabama. At 12, then Chargers, Rashawn Slater, 13. That is one that just makes too much sense. If he's there, I would I would tend to think that that would be the pick for them. You've got uh, Christian Darisau going to the Vikings at 14. How about the Patriots at 15? Devontae Smith, that'd be pretty nice to get the Heisman Trophy winner at 15. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these two... One reason I like this marriage is because these, from a player and a team perspective, are maybe the most confusing for me. For the people who study all the players, Devontae Smith consistently ranks among the top three, four, five, six prospects on everybody's big board over and over again, despite his lack of size. I don't get the sense that teams are viewing it the same way. I've had the sense for a while that he was clearly the third uh, receiver behind Chase and Waddle. When when I saw people... uh, people who bet these things um, would would ask me, wait, what, why why is Jalen Waddle going ahead of Devontae Smith? Because on the odds, he was it was the other way around. I do think the size is a thing, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if Devontae Smith actually falls a little bit further beyond 15. But that said, I don't know what New England is necessarily going to do if they don't take a quarterback. They could kind of go in 100 different directions. They could take Micah Parsons if he's there. They could take Jeremiah Uso-Karamoa, the Notre Dame sort of hybrid linebacker defender type but if Devonta Smith is there it just feels like a good marriage between a talent and sort of a team that has a lot of stuff I know New England added some receivers in free agency but Devonta Smith from a playmaker perspective is a pretty impressive kid despite the size Julian Edelman just retired so it feels like there would be a good fit there and obviously there's the Nick Saban Bill Belichick connection as well so I don't know quite where to put Devonta Smith based on things I've heard and then I also don't know where to go with New England so it just kind of felt like a good spot for both Cardinals at 16, Zayvon Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa. Raiders at 17, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, you just talked about, the Notre Dame linebacker. Dolphins 18, Quiddy Pay, the DN from Michigan. 19, the Washington football team, Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard from USC. You got, you got to feel more pressure to get that one right, don't you, Ben? I mean, since you cover the team, 
I mean, that's the one you got to. That's really the one you got to get right. It, it it is a little bit more pressure. I do I do put that on myself if nothing else. Yeah, and like the odd thing is, I don't love the pick. I mean, I think if the player is there, I think Vera Tucker has been projected to be top fifteen for most of this mock draft cycle. But I, I do think you know, same thing with receivers a little bit. Everybody kept having receivers going like all in the top ten, but typically receivers don't go all in the top ten. Last year was a good example of that. They all kind of fell a bit. And I think the same thing with interior offensive linemen. That's why if you're viewing Slater and Vera Tucker as guards, some people think they could play tackle, but largely you're being viewed as guards. It's just not a position you're typically taking pretty high. In Washington's case, they need offensive line help. I think tackle is ideal. I I, I think Christian Darrisau would be a good pick for them uh, short and long-term, but I don't have him on the board and I don't see another tackle available. With Vera Tucker, yeah, you could play him at left guard. You also could, I'm sorry, at left tackle. You also could play him at left guard, though West Schweitzer, I think, was solid last year. But in Washington's case, you've got Brandon Scherf on the second franchise tag. There's no signs right now that the two sides are coming to a deal with uh, on a long-term contract. And if there's if he plays on the tag again, he's pretty much gone. There's no way they're going to use a third tag on him. So they would need a replacement. So Vera Tucker could, in fact, be that guy. Could let You could play him either one of the two left uh left tackle, left guard now. So I think he's just too good, I think, for them to pass. Linebacker, though, was the other position. Uso Karamoa or Jamin Davis from Kentucky would make a lot of sense. And I would say the wild card for Washington is Trayvon Morig, the safety at a TCU. They do need a free safety uh, at the back of their defense. He's the only safety I could imagine kind of being picked in the first round. I, I don't know if 19 might be a tad rich, but either it, it's a possibility or maybe if they trade down, he's somebody to keep an eye on. At 20, you got the Bears taking Elijah Moore, the receiver from Ole Miss. 21, the Colts, Jalen Phillips, the DN, Miami. Titans, 22, Tevin Jenkins, the tackle, Oklahoma State. 23, the Jets, Greg Newsom, the cornerback from Northwestern. And by far, the most popular mock pick I've seen in every mock I've looked at. At 24, you've got the Steelers taking Najee Harris. It is rare to see a mock draft. That doesn't have Najee Harris going to the Steelers at 24. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I think this is my, I would say probably a dirty little secret about doing mock drafts. So part of the game is, if, if we're just talking about this, the game, the, the, the contest part of it, or just trying to be as accurate as you can be, there's the getting the, all the 32 players into the first round, right? So if you think Najee Harris is going in the first round, well, where do you put him? Taking running back is not an easy position. I think most of us would probably say you don't take running back in the first round. But, okay, if you think he's the best one, he's going somewhere, where is he going? The, the Steelers make the most sense. And actually, in this case, I don't think it's even being forced too much. He's a guy who should be ready to come in and play. If you're drafting a running back in the first round who's not ready to go day one, you've made a mistake because the shelf life on these guys, unfortunately, is not as long um, you know, as it seemingly used to be. So you, you've got a situation with Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously, he's getting he's up there in age. He's not getting up there. He is up there. You're gonna they're trying to squeeze whatever they can out of him to, to finish off his career. And I think uh, that would be huge to, to have a, a player like Najee Harris that they can lean on to uh, to, to help them out. At twenty five, the Jags Trayvon Morig from the safety from TCU. Twenty six, the Browns Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. Interesting, I guess. Peter King mentioned this morning that some issues with his knee popped up recently. So that's one where I take that information to DraftKings and I take the under on or the over on Ojalari's draft uh, selection when I 
When I see little nuggets like that, Steve Fezzik and I talk about Even Money Podcast all the time. You start to see a, something like that, you, you got to act on it fast and take the over before these sports books like DraftKings change it. Then it's the Ravens with Barmore. I can absolutely see that. Saints, Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech, Packers, Jamin Davis, Kentucky. The Bills, Travis Etienne, running back Clemson, almost feels like Brandon Bean was too obvious with that one, saying we need a home run hitter. We need Our running backs aren't speed guys. That made me a little skeptical. And then the Ravens getting Rashad Bateman and the Bucks, Joe Tryon, the DN from Washington. I can't wait. So will you? where will you publish your final version, Ben? Good question. Uh, the Athletic has uh, Dane Brugler. They don't need me for this. So I don't know. Twitter, I, I'll figure something out. I did talk. I did go through it at length on my podcast. Uh, but I'll, I don't know. It'll be somewhere online. I, I, I'm not. I'm not 100% sure, but I'll figure something out. I appreciate the fact that people seem to give a crap. So <laughs> I will. I will get it out there. And uh, look, it, it is a lot of fun. I do like doing this. And yeah, this is the week. So only a few. A uh, little, little bit of time to go. Yeah, man. I want to. I want to see it just because. I want to. Uh, I, I hope you win it again. I hope you know. I, I, I it's fun to follow now. It's a fun. It's a. Fun, I, I see why people are into it. It makes the draft. It's like all these things. It's like the DraftKings free to play contest, or you know, betting on it. It just. It just makes it more entertaining as you're watching it. Ben, you're the man. Here's what everybody needs to do. Okay, check out Ben on Twitter at Ben Standig, S T A N D I G. Uh, check everything he w- w- reads over uh, he writes over the athletic and check out his podcast standing room only thank you ben ross appreciate it man thanks so much absolutely love that and i love getting all of the moms in my life flowers for mothers day look it's time dudes 100flowers.com right now they're offering 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for $34.99. I mean, look, these rose bouquets, absolutely awesome. You know I get these for my mom, my wife, my mother-in-law. Why not? They all want them. It's spring, especially here like in Pennsylvania. Spring has sprung. They love fresh flowers. If they work, send it to them at their office. They'll love to have that. Makes the other people in the office jealous. That's always a hot move. If they don't work, send it to their house. 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for $34.99. Go to 100flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter code football. That's 100flowers.com, code football. Ducks takes. Morning, Ross. Let's start with uh, some reaction to the new uniform rule, including your former teammate, some guy named Tom Brady, making it very clear how much he dislikes it over social media. Right, and I'm amazed how many people don't understand what Tom Brady's getting at here. So, first of all, the fact that Brady, at age 43, when he's already won seven Super Bowls, going into his 22nd season – The fact that this bothered him that much, that he posted about it multiple times on social media and he was fired up about it, that's why he's Tom Brady. Because it matters that much to him. Because he always finds something to care about and to stoke his fire, if you will. So let me explain, Bri, why 
this is an issue for Brady. When he gets to the line of scrimmage, his goal is to have, first of all, to get anybody that's rushing to get them blocked. Most importantly, if it's five guys rushing, he wants to have his five offensive linemen blocking those five guys he thinks are most likely to come. So what does that mean? That means usually the D lineman and linebacker numbers are going to be more likely to rush than are the defensive back numbers. It also means if more than five guys are rushing, Brady wants his offensive lineman to block the five big guys. He doesn't want his running backs having to block defensive linemen or linebackers as much as possible, right? This new uniform number makes that more difficult because everything's happening so fast. Yes, he'll know that Patrick Peterson, for example, is number seven. He'll know that. But when you're there, you're taking like a snapshot, right? It's like a beautiful mind. You're, you're trying to see all these things. And people can be standing up, walking around, moving all around when you can easily identify the position based on the jersey number, it's easy for Brady to say, 52's down. That means he's a linebacker, but we're counting him as a big guy. Offensive line, you block him. Well, if D linemen and linebackers and DBs can all be number 8 or number 14 or whatever, 27, that's just going to make his job tougher. Now, the reality is, Brady will be good at it. Brady will be better than the other quarterbacks. It just, he doesn't like change, and it's going to take more time. It's going to be more difficult for him. They just made his job more difficult, both in the preparation during the week and actually going through the process on game day. That's why he's angry. Tucks takes. Also had a big trade over the weekend between two of the best teams in the AFC. Ravens send left tackle Orlando Brown to Kansas City in a deal that included a bunch of draft choices. So um, a couple thoughts here. Number one, you know, I've seen different things about this, but the Ravens essentially got like a mid to higher second round pick. You know, they got a one, a three, a four, and next year's five. The Chiefs got a two and a six. You do all the math, and it's like the Ravens got the 43rd pick in the draft. That's the equivalent of what they got. Now, they actually had this year got the 31 from the Chiefs, but they had to trade their second-round pick. But that's what it's like. That's the equivalent. Here's the one thing I would say from an Orlando Brown perspective. Careful what you wish for. The Ravens during his time in Baltimore, have had the most offensive line-friendly scheme I've ever seen. Ever. Now, Orlando Brown's a heck of a pass blocker. Did it a lot at Oklahoma, so I think he'll be fine. But it's going to be a lot different in Kansas City throwing the ball 40-sometimes a game, including a lot of obvious passing situations, a lot of straight drop back, going to be a lot different than it was in Baltimore. So I'll be curious to see whether or not Orlando Brown excels with the increased volume of one-on-ones. Tucks takes. Last couple of notes include the Browns picking up Baker Mayfield's fifth-year option and the NFL noting that Roger Goodell is fully vaccinated. So 
Draft picks will be allowed to hug him on stage Thursday night. Well, that's good, I guess. I mean, I don't know. You know, everybody can do what they want, I suppose, but it's good that he's fully vaccinated. Um, I wonder what the protocols will be in place for the 13 players that are going to be there. Like, do they have to be vaccinated? If they're not, they have to wear masks the whole time? I really don't know the answer to that. Do they have to wear masks even if they are vaccinated? I I don't know the rules. I don't know what the NFL will be doing. Uh, It is interesting that Cleveland picked up Baker Mayfield's fifth-year option and Denzel Ward, by the way. Brown's the first team to do that. They had until next week. I don't know why they did it now because you have until next week, and who knows, the guy could get arrested or get injured or whatever, but Brown decided they wanted to make that statement and do it. Good for them. Uh, Good for all of us that we've got awesome listeners that are, I think we're done here, members of patreon.com slash RT Media, like Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, and HumanHeadNYC.com. Ben was awesome. Now what you need to do is you need to listen to the College Draft Podcast today because Emery Hunt and I are going to go over what your team should do. Not what they will do, what we think they should do, which is a totally different exercise. Very much looking forward to it. Steve Fezzik and I are going to place all of our official NFL draft bets tomorrow on the Even Money podcast. So a lot of good things happening. We've got the content you want, love, and need. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 